All right, we want to greet everyone in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're grateful for everyone that's here today. And uh, we look forward to sharing with you the things that the Lord have laid on our hearts to share. All right, so if you have your Bibles, let's go to the 11th chapter of the book of Luke. the 11th chapter of the book of Luke. We're going to start reading at verse 24. Is everybody there? And uh, is everybody awake? <laughs> We're going to... Uh, let's go ahead and start reading verse 24. It says, When, when the unclean spirit is gone out of a man. Now notice that, that, that word there, that single, the, un, the unclean spirit, is gone out of a man. He walketh through dry places. Now, one of the things I want us to, us to understand is this. Uh, nobody start off with 20 devils. And the, the Lord is making it clear here. <clears throat> he says, when the unclean spirit now he's showing us if we miss that part, we'll miss the rest of what the Lord is saying in the scripture here. The unclean spirit. Does everybody understand? So you, you might start off with one devil, in other words. You ain't starting off with 20. You'll graduate to that. Does everybody understand? Uh, but uh, he, so he says, the unclean spirit is gone out of a man. He walketh through dry places seeking rest. And findeth none, finding none, he said, I will return unto my house whence I came out. So we see that these spirits are very, po not, they don't just possess people like what we believe. They, you know, of course they possess people, but in that possession, they are very possessive. They believe that you belong to them. They don't look at you as a soul or as an individual that the Lord died for. They, they believe that you are their house. You belong to them. That's what makes them so angry when they are cast out. Because it's like they're being evicted. Anybody ever been evicted and you have a house full of stuff that you had to move? Or you see sometimes people, all their belongings sitting on the side of the road and all of that. And there's a disdain for that type of thing. Uh, that, that's the way the devil feels. He feels like you belong to him. Now, there's a reason why he believed that, because when he was on the inside of you, you were doing exactly what he wanted you to do. And so for years, he possessed you, and you belonged to him. Now, don't tell the world that, because they think that they running their own life, and nobody's going to tell me what to do, you know. Uh, but that's automatic devil. That's the, again, I'll say that's part of his genius. When you come to live for God, God tell you, I'm going to tell you what to do. And if you don't do what I tell you to do, you're going you're gonna to die and go to hell. He makes that clear in the seventh chapter of the book of Matthew. The devil don't tell you that. The devil's genius is I'll make you think, I'm going to own you. And you're going to do what I'm telling you to do. But I'm going to make you think that it's you 
That is your decisions. Does everybody understand? That's the devil's genius. All right, so the, the spirits are very, very possessive. That's the reason why when they cast out, they try to get back in. They believe, even though they've been cast out, they believe that's my house. And I have a right to live there. They believe that. Everybody understand? All right. He said, I will return unto my house whence I came out. And when he cometh, he findeth it swept and garnished. And we're going to get back to that. Then goeth he and taketh to him. Now notice what it says. When he finds it swept and garnished, he don't immediately. Now I'm trying to show you the process. When that spirit finds that house swept and garnished, in other words, empty, he don't immediately go back in. He understands that it was a force greater than me that made me leave it to begin with. So if I go back in, I might just get cast back out. So I got to go find some partners, some business partners that ain't got nobody to possess. That's stronger than I am, seven of them. And we'll go inherit this person. Now, this is automatic. Now, I'm trying to get you to see that this is automatic. Does everybody understand? When one unclean spirit leave an individual and he's looking for somebody to possess, in other words, and he don't find anybody, and he says within himself, I will go back to the house that I came out of, and if he goes there and he finds it swept and garnished, in other words, empty, he brings seven more. Listen, let me make this clear. Those seven don't have to tempt you, and you fall for it for them to come back in. Does everybody understand? He goes and he finds seven more. And they go in together. Does everybody understand that? Verse 26, then goeth he and taketh to him seven other spirits more wicked than himself. And they enter in. Everybody see that? They enter in. Not, not the one enter in and start inviting others. All eight of them go in at the same time. And all he needs is an empty house. Does everybody understand that? No. They enter in and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. Does everybody see that? Now let's go back to verse 25. And when he cometh, he findeth it swept and garnished. That means empty. So today, the Lord say the same, what we want to talk to you about is how to maintain and keep your deliverance and what it takes to do that. Because when the Lord deliver people, he wants them to stay that way. He don't want them going through cycles. And today, if the Lord say the same, we're going to lay it out real plain for you so we will have an understanding of what it takes so that 
you know, of course, we had a deliverance service a couple of weeks ago, and uh, we don't want people walking around fearful. Like, I don't know. I don't know if it took. I don't know. It, maybe it didn't stick. One thing we have to know is and be, we have to be sure of our deliverance, and we have to be sure the Lord don't just leave people in the dark of just now you're on your own. Just hope that you, the devil don't get back in. We're going to tell you today how he gets back in. Everybody understand? And we're going to tell you. So what is what does verse 25? Verse 25 lets us know how he gets back in. That house is empty. There's nothing there. Does everybody understand? All right, so now let's go to the third chapter of the book of Ephesians. You may wonder, well, what is the house empty of? You know, you could say, in other words, when, when, when what we just read in uh, the book of Luke, that, the, that that unclean spirit, he finds it swept and garnished, in other words, empty, we have to know also what's supposed to be there. What is it empty of? Does everybody understand? So here we're going to see, is everybody there, the third chapter of the book of Ephesians? All right, we're going to start reading at verse 14. It says, For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in what? The inner man. That was Paul's prayer for the church at Ephesus, that those people would be strengthened with might. Everybody understand? By what? His spirit. Where? In the inner man. Why? So when the devil comes back, he don't find that house swept and garnished. It's something there to fight him. Does everybody understand? Verse 17, that Christ may dwell where? In your hearts by what? By what? That's how he dwells there. It's not by feeling, it's by faith. I know God live on the inside of me because I believe it. Not because of signs. Not, not praying, well, Lord, just show me you with me. No, you with me. He dwells in the hearts of man by faith. Everybody understand that? That ye being rooted and grounded in love may be able to what? Comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height and to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge that ye may be what? Filled with all the fullness of God. So when the devil comes back 
for his house, the for rent sign is taken down. <laughs> the for sale sign is taken down. In other words, the compromise. Devil, you got something? How much you willing to pay, devil? Because the Lord, I mean, he living here for now. I mean, he's made an offer. But I'm going to take the highest bidder. And it's going to depend on how I feel at the moment. No, you, when the Lord come knocking on that door, say, yeah, I, I heard that this house is, the devil is out now, and I'm interested in it. I, in fact, I already paid for it. You say, okay, well, Lord, if you, I, I can't argue with that. If it's paid for, it's yours. You can come in. Now, house got living room, it's got a dining room, it's got a kitchen, it's got bedrooms. And when the Lord come through that front door, you don't say, well, look, the rest of the house ain't ready. You just stay right here in the living room. Or I got some other tenants that I want to make room for. Everybody understand? No, the Lord don't rent rooms. He buy houses. He's not a tenant. He's the owner. Does everybody understand? And it ain't nothing up for discussion. Everybody understand? We had to put a trespassing sign on our property. Because folks, I, I don't know if they think it's a park or what they think. But they would just, we'd just be, you know, out just, and they just drive around like they just, and, and not to turn around, just driving around the whole property, just like sightseeing. Like, no, this ain't a park. It's got trees and a swing, but that don't make it a park. <laughs> so we had to put a no trespassing sign like, okay, you know, if you ain't got no business here, you might, you could turn around, you know, but don't, don't be driving around. I mean, drive, driving and looking like they shopping. So when the Lord comes to buy when the Lord comes to let you know that you're bought and paid for and you really realize it, that's what you do. You put a no trespassing sign on, on your property. It's already bought and paid for. You have no say-so here, devil. I'm going to obey God. Everybody understand? And what he says goes on this property, you see. And so that was Paul's prayer that we would be filled with all the fullness of God. Filled. Now, for him to say it that way, that must mean that sometimes the Lord, people let the Lord in, but they don't give him every area. And when they don't do that, they grieve the Holy Spirit at some point. Whatever area it is in their life, in their house, that they're not willing to turn over to the Lord, they'll end up grieving the Holy Spirit. And you do that so many times, and the Holy Spirit leaves. Does everybody understand that? You know the Lord can't, the, the, the Holy Spirit can't, can't dwell in an unclean temple? You think he gonna lay there with you when you're fornicating? Does everybody understand? 
No, he ain't gonna. No, he ain't gonna take part in that. If he's on the inside of you and you you doing all that, he's got to be there. No, he's not gonna lay down and fornicate with you. Everybody understand? So do we see what is required to stay delivered? to be filled with all the fullness of God. In other words, to have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us. That is what it takes. Does everybody understand? Do we really understand that? So you see that, that there's this gap there. It's not enough to just have devils cast out of you. It's got to be something to replace that. It's got to be something to occupy that, and that's the Holy Spirit of God. That's the only thing that can withstand what left you. The Holy Spirit has to be living on the inside of you for you not to be possessed. Does everybody understand? And it's not, you, and you can't do it in your own willpower. In other words, you, once the devil is gone, you can't say in your heart and your mind, okay, so from now on, I'm going to resist the devil. The Bible says, submit yourself, therefore, to God and resist the devil. Amen. So everybody see what it takes now. So then the question, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a lady that's on YouTube. Uh, she just asked this question a few days ago. How does one be filled with the Holy Spirit? Because you're always talking about how folks ain't got the Holy Spirit, so how do they be filled with it? <laughs> I think this wasn't our first time asking that question. And you know the law to answer people. They were, that's, that's what we're going to answer. Not only how to maintain your deliverance, which we know now the answer to that is being filled with the Holy Spirit, but how do you get filled with the Holy Spirit? How? How does the Holy Spirit come to live on the inside of you? Y'all ready for the answer? Let's go to the fifth chapter of the book of Acts. It's a, it's a very simple answer. Is everybody there? Now, this is during the persecution of the church. We're going to start reading at verse 27. The church have been, is, is being persecuted because the Holy Spirit is really, really moving uh, among God's people and showing his power and his might. So verse 27, the fifth chapter of the book of Acts, it says, And when they had brought them, they set them before the council, and the high priest asked them, saying, Did not we straightly command you that you should not teach in his name? And behold, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to what? Obey, Obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom ye slew and hanged on a tree. Him hath God exalted with his right hand to be a prince, 
and a savior for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. Verse 32, pay attention. And we are his witnesses, witnesses of these things. And so is also the Holy Ghost whom God hath given to them that do what? Amen. So you see the process there? You come to God because you know you're bound and, and, and you can't break the bonds of Satan on your own. God delivers you and then he preaches to you. And if you have enough sense to want the Holy Spirit, this is what you have to do to receive him. You have to obey God. Does everybody understand? So the reason why the, the unclean spirit, so we know that it's the power of God. Only God can cast out a devil. Only the hand of God can do that. Does everybody understand that? Only the hand of God can cast out a devil. But isn't it like God, he ain't gonna, he, he's not going to force himself on people. And he's not going to automatically come to live in, inside of people just because he, he's cast the devil out. That's the reason why he tells his story. That's the reason why he told the story, what we just read in the book of Luke. He don't just automatically come in. Some folks want the devil gone because in their mind they really want to live to themselves. And I, I know that I can't control what's going on in my life and I want control. And so for the folks that God is, is, is graceful enough to cast out a devil and, 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 and they think, well, you know, now I got control of my life. You're going to be the one who the devil comes back and finds swept and garnished. Because your statement now ought to be, now God has control of my life. Okay, Lord, what do you want me to do from here? Because if you don't invite the Holy Spirit in, he don't come in to live. And it has to be prepped. Does everybody understand? What is the preparation for receiving the Holy Spirit? Obedience. Now, to some of us, it may seem like a catch-22. How can people obey God without the Holy Spirit? <laughs> We're going to try to cover every corner of this so that the devil don't come to anybody and give them a way to worm out of what they're hearing today. You can obey God without the Holy Spirit. Sometimes folks won't pray for the wrong thing. Brother Bowen, will you pray for me that I'll do? No, I can't. I can't pray for you for, for you to control your own free will. That's your will. God don't take nothing from you that you're going to fight him over. Does everybody understand? If you want it, you got it. It's really that simple. You sisters that still struggle with controlling your husband, if that's what you want, you got it. God can only do something for you in that area when you decide, you know what, I shouldn't be running my husband, and I'm going to sit down and shut up. I'm going to let him run it the way the Bible tells him to. 
He is the boss of me. But sometimes folks, they get entangled and they, everybody understand, they get entangled in some stuff and they, they know, okay, so I'm wrecking my marriage. Okay, Lord, just help me. Because it's just me now, I can see it. And Lord, I help you. But he don't come to live on the inside of you until you are determined to keep the Holy Spirit. What does it take to get him in the first place? Obedience. If you're not determined to obey from A to Z, he only, comes in, he, he only comes in when he knows that you are determined to keep him there. Lord, I'm going to obey. I don't care what you tell me to do. I'm going to obey it. No matter how hard I think it is, if you saying me, if you saying this to me, I'm going to obey. The Lord don't come and live on the inside of a house that still got a for rent sign on on the outside of it. Everybody understand? The Bible says that His Spirit won't dwell in an unclean temple. In other words, He ain't. The Lord ain't gonna be in one room and the devil's in the other. He don't care how many bathrooms you got set up where they ain't got to cross paths with each other. He either own the house or he's not a part of it at all. Does everybody understand? Let's read verse 32 again. And we are his witnesses of these things, and so is also the Holy Spirit, whom God hath given to them that what? So it's not a catch-22. You can obey God without having the Holy Spirit. Does everybody understand that? The Holy Spirit wasn't given until the day of Pentecost in his earth. How, how was everybody else obeying him before then? Everybody understand? Even the prophets, the spirit just came upon them to prophesy. Let's, okay, let's go to the fifth chapter of the book of Luke. We're going to show you some patterns here. Is everybody there? All right, we're gonna let's start reading at verse one. Fifth chapter of the book of Luke, verse one. And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land, and he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now when he had left speaking, he, now, this is a picture to us. This is a picture to us of how the Lord can be. The first thing he does is he tells Peter to thrust out a little. Now, that's the beginning of our relationship with the Lord. Thrust out a little. Let's get you used to this water. 
Everybody understand? But the problem is that's where folks want to stay. They had a little experience. They prayed and started crying and couldn't figure out why, so they know it was God. And they love the feeling. That's where the feeling is, is, is in the, just a little bit out. I really felt God. But then after a while, he's going to tell you to launch out into the deep. That's where the faith is. You ain't got to feel him to know he's there. Now, it don't mean that we don't ever feel him, but we, be, we go beyond that flesh and what God allows flesh to feel concerning his presence. We just know he's there because we're there. Everybody understand? We know that he lives on the inside of us. Everybody understand? And we just understand we take God with us. All right. Verse 4, now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draught. <clears throat> and Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. Everybody see that? Nevertheless, at what? You know what he was saying? I don't understand this. I'm a fisherman by trade. You aren't. You're a carpenter. And I understand you are a teacher, which is why he called him master. He wasn't calling him master like what we would call him. That word master mean, meant teacher. He understood you're a teacher of God's word. <clears throat> so Peter's argument was this in his mind. We've, we've already been out all night. We've, we've already, and we're the fishermen. And that's the way folks are when the Lord want to do something with them. They've lived their whole life, and they got it figured out. They've already tried this. They've already tried everything. And if I can just try this, <clears throat> it'll, it'll do better this time. It'll, it'll get better this time if I just try it this way. I'm a professional at living my own life. And, all, and I can acknowledge that I've made all of these mistakes, but I'm not done just yet. And it usually comes with people that think ain't nobody ever been through what they've been through. Nobody understands what I feel and what I've, what I've gone through. And you don't, you don't know the people I've, I've dealt with and all the devils I've had to deal with. And then here come the Lord who you think ain't got nothing to do with your life telling you how to live it. And you don't understand either. Everybody understand? <laughs> I'm a master at living my own life. Does everybody understand that? Now, here's the deception. And you may even have this argument. Well, I've tried to do what the Lord already told me to do, and it didn't work. And let me tell you why it don't work. Even when the Lord tells you to do something, you do it. Because your, your heart haven't changed and your mind haven't changed about it. Let me make this clear. Obeying God is not always obeying God. If you do it grudgingly, if God tell you to do something, you're still not obeying them. You know what it means? To, what that word means to obey? It means you doing what he's telling you to do, bowing down to him. You know he know better than you. If you obey grudgingly and win an attitude, it is not going to profit you. Does everybody understand? Look at what happened to the children of Israel. 
They went in and spied out the land, and they believed the evil report and couldn't go into it. And then they decided, okay, we're going to obey now. Okay, now we're going to obey. And the Lord said, no, too late. Moses, go tell them people, if they come near that, they're not going to win. They're not going to win. I'm not going to be with them. They're not going to be able to. They're going to be out in this wilderness for 40 years. So you see, they were willing to obey after they found out the consequences. But it was too late. They were doing it with a grudging heart. That's why they couldn't go in. And that's why we say sometimes, if, if God got to arm wrestle you to get to heaven, you ain't getting there. If every, some, every time God tell you to do something and you got you to gotta fight in your heart about it, you, it just won't profit you. Even if, even if God sends somebody there to out-argue you about it, I tell you, I, 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 it, to me it ain't nothing but the devil. You can tell folks, look, uh, you need to do it this way. Uh, They're going to fight you tooth and nail even though it ain't working. Uh, for years it ain't worked what they've been trying to do and they, they still, well, I'm, I got another way. And everybody in hell had another way until they left here. Everybody understand? Look at what Peter said. Nevertheless, at thy word I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break. Everybody see that? So what did he do? He obeyed. Did he have the Holy Spirit? Everybody see that? Let's go to, let's go to the eighth chapter of the book of Luke. We're going to start reading at verse 22. Is everybody there? Is everybody there? All right. It says, Now it came to pass on a certain day that he went into a ship with his disciples, and he said unto them, let us go over unto the other side of the lake, and they launched forth. Does everybody see that? He told them, let us go over to the other side of the lake. And what did they do? They went there. Did it take the Holy Spirit to do that? We need to stop blaming our disobedience on we just not there yet. It does not take the Holy Spirit to obey God. All you got to do is be willing to follow him when he says something. And we're showing you these simple things because that's where people disobey him at. They think in their minds, if God told me to go out to that graveyard and raise the dead, I'd do it. But I ain't going to cook for my husband when he tell me to. And you wouldn't raise the dead either. Everybody understand? They think faith is something way out there somewhere. I, I believe that. I believe if God did it, I can do it. I'll heal the sick, I'll, I'll, do all, I'll cast out all kind of devils. You just send them my way. 
But I ain't going to pray when I feel led to. I'm not going to whoop my children when I'm supposed to. That don't require, that's gonna, I'm going to have to grow to that. <laughs> Does everybody understand? The Holy Spirit is given to those that obey. That Bible tells you not to spare the rod. And don't spare when he start crying. The children get smart and sneaky. They get to crying loud like somebody killing them. That's what they make earmuffs for. Everybody understand? So everybody see now what it takes to receive the Holy Spirit? It, God, ain't, God don't start you off with the real big stuff. Does everybody understand? He didn't tell Peter, you know, he understood it. At some point, Peter's going to walk on water. But he didn't start him off with, well, you look, look, you walk out there in the deep and fish. No, just do, just use what, you, what your normal resources are. It doesn't take the Holy Spirit to obey God. Everybody understand? That Holy Spirit is there for power, for comfort, everybody understand? And to lead you. But it does not take the Holy Spirit to obey God. And it's the little, what you think is little, that gets you. You can pray all day long, Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Lord, fill me. You got to be sold out. If he come to that house, when you're praying, be filled with his Holy Spirit, and he still see a for rent sign out there, he knows you're not determined to keep him there. And he does not want to come into a house that don't belong to him, that he don't have papers on. Everybody understand? How many of you would go into a contract like that or go into a house like that? So you just meet the owner and they tell you, you can live there. You say, how long? Well, you know, just for right now, just, uh, you know, just for right now. I mean, I might come in any day and tell you that you got to go. But for now, you can live here because nobody else is living there. So it don't matter to me. You can, you can live there for a little while. What, how many of you would go for that? How many of you think that would be the blessing of God? Just, just whatever. He might come at any day and tell me to move out. But I know at least today I can be here. Everybody understand? And the Holy, Spirit, it's the, the Holy Spirit is the same way. He don't want to come and live there only to get evicted at any moment. That's not how he works. And some of you, you know God is telling you something, and you know when he's pulling on you. Get up and pray. I'm tired. That's all it takes. You ain't determined. <laughs> the Holy Spirit is given to those that obey everything. Not some things. This Bible ain't up for debate. What he commands us to do, that's not up for debate. Does everybody understand? He is given to those that obey. In other words, those that aren't going to cause a reproach to be brought on his name later on. Does everybody understand? <laughs> so we see what they did in the 8th chapter of the book of Luke. 
He said, let us go over onto the other side of the lake, and they launched forth. They went over there. Is that right? All right, let's go to the ninth chapter of the book of Luke now. Just want to show you this pattern here. Is everybody there? All right, let's read. Then he called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all devils and to cure diseases. And he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. And he said unto them, take nothing to, for your journey, neither staves nor scrip, neither bread, neither money, neither have two coats apiece. Everybody see that? You see these specific orders? Very specific. But God won't control over everything. And he has a right to want that control. He created it all. Does everybody see the, the, the orders here? Let's read that again. Take nothing for your journey, neither staves, nor script, neither bread, neither money. Well, how am I supposed to make it? I, we got to have to, how are we going to eat? Does everybody see? Neither have two coats apiece. In other words, don't bring another changing of clothes. Not this vain society. We go somewhere for two days and we bring in three suitcases. I just want to dress how I feel. I don't know how I'm going to feel, so I'm going to bring my whole wardrobe. Verse 4, and whatsoever house ye enter into, there abide and thence depart. And whosoever will not receive you when you go out of that city, shake off the very dust from your feet for a testimony against them. Everybody see that? You see the orders here? Now let's read verse 6. And they departed and went through the towns, preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. Does everybody see that? Let's read verse 2 again. And he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Is that right? Verse 6. And they departed and went through the towns preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. Did they have the Holy Spirit? We're just doing what we're told to do. Just doing what we're told to do. Now, could you imagine... Up until this point, they've been watching Jesus do all the magic tricks. And then he tells them, I give you power. I give you this power now, now you go and do it. Then he say, okay, well, Lord, uh, we don't want to look like fools. Do something here. Let us make this podium stand up on its own. They believed what he said, and they did it. Does everybody understand? It, they, they didn't need no proof. All they knew was this is a real man of God. This is the son of God. And if he said, we can do it. Nevertheless, at thy word. They didn't even, and listen, and they weren't working for the Holy Spirit. Well, if I, if I want to receive the Holy Spirit on that mag, big magic day, when that comes, I'm going to have to obey. There were no ulterior motives except obedience. We're going to obey him because we know he's God. That was all. 
They didn't know anything about the gifts that would come. They didn't know anything about any of that. He had not revealed any of that. He didn't tell them, this is going to be the benefit. Now, here's the problem with folks that want to know the outcome before they obey. As soon as it looked like you're not getting the promise that you think you ought to get, you make up your mind to not obey. Well, I was just doing this all for nothing. So God don't always give you what the promise is going to be or what the benefits are and how he's going to bless you down the road. You just need to obey just because he's God. That's all. And he proves it through your life and how you lived before you came to him that it was messy and junky. He shows you, look at the junk that you've produced. Look at what you've been doing. This is, this is a result of your own obedience to flesh. What has it gotten you? Nothing, Lord. But I, I still got a few more things I want to try out first. <laughs> Everybody understand? So you see what they did? They departed and went through the towns, preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. You know why they were able to do it? Because they obeyed. They weren't waiting on some big sign to see whether or not they could actually do what the Lord told them they could do. They obeyed. Everybody understand? All right, let's go down to verse 12 now. Is everybody there? Let's read. But... And when the day began to wear away, then came the twelve and said unto him, Send the multitude away, that they may go into the towns and country round about, and lodge, and get victuals, for we are here in a desert place. But he said unto them, Give ye them to eat. And they said, We have no more but five loaves and two fishes, except we should go and buy meat for all this people. For they were about five thousand men, and he said to his disciples, make them sit down by fifties in a company. Did, did y'all just hear that? He said, make them. Who? Twelve of them against 5,000 men. You better have some faith. He told them. You make 5,000 men sit down. <laughs> Sometimes we miss that. It, they weren't listening to the disciples, the apostles preached. They were listening to Jesus. The disciples were sitting there listening just like the 5,000 were. So it would have been something completely different if the Lord had said, okay, everybody sit down in companies of 50. They'd all done it. But he told his disciples, you do it. What did they say? Lord, it's just 12 of us. We can't tell 5,000 men what to do. That ain't, that's not, I ain't got that kind of personality. Isn't that something? 12 men made. I said made. That's what the Bible says. Made. Not, see if y'all can get them to sit Ask them to sit in companies. Ask just, you know, tell them it's, it's from me. Tell them, I'm, I'm telling y'all to tell them that. It's not y'all, it's me. Tell them it's me that's giving this order. No, he said, you make 
them sit down and, and tell them how to do it in companies of 50. You make them do it. Make them do it. <laughs> Some of us, we get one child, and that child, we can't make them do anything. That's just not me. Are y'all here? <laughs> you got to talk five. They didn't have to keep, look, everybody sit down. Sit down. Wasn't none of that. Everybody understand? He told his disciples, make 5,000 men sit down. And they did it. Let's read that again. Make them sit down. Is that what it says? Yes, Not us. We got three children and don't want them to sit down. They can just they can be wherever you want to be, Junior. Whatever you feel like doing right now, it's up, that's good. Is that person going to receive the Holy Spirit? Not when his disciples prove that you can make grown folks do stuff. But the midgets, and you know, they, they kick, they fight dirty. <laughs> Does everybody understand? If you want to receive the Holy Spirit, you have to obey this word of God. You ought to be able to say something once to your child, and that settles it. Everybody understand? All right, verse 14, for they were about 5,000 men. And he said, to, see what he said there? Now, there's a reason why all of this is wrapped in one verse. For they were about 5,000 men, and he said to his disciples, make them sit down by 50s in a company. There's a reason why all that's wrapped in one verse. He's trying to get you to see the, the obedience there. Let's read verse 15. And they did so and made them all sit down. Everybody see that? Just in case we, we figure when we leave here, well, they must have used some kind of tactic. No, they made them all sit. Y'all sit down. See how simple it was? Sit down. Now, for those of us who are struggling in this area, you, you really better work on that, what we just talked about here. God don't want you repeating yourself to your child. You ought to be able to tell them to do something one time, and that settles it. If 12 men can make 5,000 men do what the Lord tells them to do, you ought to be able to make that one child do what you tell them to do the first time. When I was growing up, the adults, all they had to do was look at you. Didn't matter who was over, the Pope could have been at the house. That look was all you needed. Didn't matter what kind of company you had. Does everybody understand? And, and we weren't abused. Now, no, that wasn't abuse. Amen. Well, that sounds like, no, it don't sound like nothing, but we being in our place. Because when I was growing up, even if we got out of our place at all, we would be looking over at mama. Oh, okay, yeah, we, okay, we, let's, we draw ourselves, okay, come on back, come on back to the real world. <laughs> Because as long as there's a switch tree anywhere, 
<laughs> but some of our children, they've gotten bold. They're going to look you right in the face and disobey you. Right in the face. Well, and what you going to do? How can you receive the Holy Spirit when you can't make one child who you brought into this world obey? When you can't make them obey? Everybody understand? Now, the, this, we see this word twice here. The Lord said, make them obey, make them sit down. And the Bible says they made them to sit down. You know how they did it? With authority. Sit down. Not, Pam, will you sit down, please? That ain't, that don't, that ain't doing nothing. Everybody understand? The Lord, all these examples that we're reading, the Lord ain't asking folks to do nothing. This is what I'm telling you to do. And I ain't going to be soft about it. I'm telling you to make them sit down. Well, the Lord sounds like a dictator, and he is. And we don't try to make him look nice for folks. Does everybody understand? He says what he means, and he means what he says. Let's go to the 19th chapter of the book of Luke. So did it take the Holy Spirit for them to make the men sit down, 5,000 of them? Like, Lord, we're going to really need the Holy Spirit here because what if they get to cutting up? One thing you have to love about these disciples, they knew well, the Lord is walking with us. And if he tells us to do something, we can do it. 5,000 men are not. Does everybody understand? Is everybody there, the 19th chapter of the book of Luke? Let's start reading at verse 28. And when he had thus spoken, he went before, ascending up to Jerusalem. And it came to pass, when he was come nigh to Bethphage and Bethany, at the mount called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, everybody follow me so far, saying, go ye into the village over against you, in the which at your entering ye shall find a coat tied whereon yet never man set, sat. Loose him and bring him hither. And if any man ask you, why do ye loose him? Thus shall ye say unto him, because the Lord hath need of him. Everybody see that? What, what would have been our thought process in our brains? Now the Lord want me to steal. Now I done done everything else you told me to do, but stealing ain't just not, I, that's just not in me to do. <laughs> Lord, did you talk to the people yet? No, we don't want to get shot at. Let, let us first. Now notice the order that he said it. Go get the colt. Loose them and bring them to me. And if a man come to you about it, you tell him I have need of it. Notice, now what we would have been doing, trying to reverse it, well Lord, let me, let's go talk talk to the people first. We don't want, you know, we don't want to be looking like we're stealing. 
We're trying to avoid the appearance of evil here. Does everybody see that that order was given like that on purpose? It was given like that on purpose. If I can tell you that there's a coat in the next town that's tied to so and so, such and such place, then trust me, it has already been arranged. And not because I went and talked to the man. Everybody understand? Verse 32, and they that were sent went their way and found even as he said, had said unto them. And as they were loosing the colt, the owners thereof said unto them, why loose ye the colt? Everybody see that? Why are you taking our stuff? And they said the Lord had need of him. Everybody understand? Now, I want you to, let's picture this scene. Let, we, we, you know, we have to think about what we're reading. They went into the city just like the Lord told them to, and they weren't trying to be sneaky about it. They were doing it in, out in the open. Whoever the two were, the Lord didn't send two of them for one of them to be the lookout. Hey, I'm going to be looking out. You go see if you can do be quiet now. Does everybody understand? Do you think this was an uncomfortable situation for them? Yes, it was. They were flesh and blood. It was uncomfortable for them. Everybody understand? Think about it how it would be today. The Lord tell you, it's a car parked down there at the street. You go get it. The keys are in it. Just go get and start. And if the owners come out and ask you why you're taking their car, tell them I have need of it. <laughs> I'm trying to put it in today's terms. <laughs> now you see why they received the Holy Spirit? They did what they were told without question. If all of these strange things they did without question. Does everybody understand? God told Ezekiel to lay on his right side for half a year and on his left side for half a year. And he did it. You know what else he told Ezekiel to do? To take some dung and bake it and eat it. And he did it. Because he wanted Ezekiel to know what sin was like to him. Does everybody understand? These people had the power they had. They had the Holy Ghost because they obeyed without question. Without trying to reason and filter it through their own raggedy minds. They just obeyed because they understood what else are we gonna do? Everybody see that? So they did exactly what the Lord told them to do. The man came out asking, what, what are you, why are you doing that? The Lord have need of it. Everybody see that? Verse 35, and they brought him to Jesus and they cast their garments upon the coat and they said, and they set Jesus there on. Everybody see? So 
at the least, the Lord knew the man that owns this coat, he has enough honor and respect for me. If, if they say that I have need of it, he'll let them go ahead and go with it. Does everybody understand? So we're trying to get you to see that these disciples, they were obeying uneasy situations. All of them weren't thieves. He didn't send Judas. Well, Judas, you're a thief anyway. You don't mind taking nothing. That's your calling. <laughs> Does everybody understand? <laughs> In other words, it don't have to match up with your personality to obey. You have to obey even when it's uncomfortable. Let's go to the sixth chapter of the book of John now, just real briefly. And the 66th verse so that we don't spend another minute turning. Is everybody there? The sixth chapter of the book of John, we're gonna start reading at, the, at verse 66. Is everybody there? It says, from that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Then said Jesus unto the twelve, Will ye also go away? Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. And we believe and are sure that thou art that Christ, the Son of the living God. Now this is supposed to be our confession. When the Lord asked him, will you go also? Peter said, where are we going to go? We, we have nowhere. Not because we didn't pay our rent. Not because we burned all these bridges. But you have the words of eternal life. Nobody else have that. That was their reason for obedience. Nothing else we tried have worked. And we got enough sense to abort our own life. That's the reason why we'll go and just start, just take some random man's horse. That's the reason why you, when you say make 5,000 men sit down, we'll make them do it. Everything that you have told us to do, we've seen it work out. We'd have to be crazy to turn around and go back to the junk that wasn't working. We'd have to be crazy to disobey. You've already proven yourself time and time again. Everybody understand? So does everybody see now why the Holy Spirit is given to them that obey? All, and I, I'm telling you, we can take you from, 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 from Matthew to John and show you all of these things that in, in the book of Acts and the epistles, all of these different ways that they obeyed God, all of these just simple stuff in your mind, just everyday natural stuff. Don't go here, go there. Okay, that's time out for that. Now come over here. Everybody understand? Just, just everyday simple stuff. They obeyed. They didn't make it com more complicated than what it was. 
God told us to make 5,000 men sit down. Y'all sit down. That was all. We didn't have to have a prayer meeting about it. Everybody understand? They didn't have to go get prayer about their own upbringing. Well, I was brought up timid. It's just, just not in me. Lord, give me boldness. Now, they weren't praying for boldness. We, if you told us to do it, we're going to do it. Everybody understand? No, they didn't have a childhood to get over. Well, I, you know, my mama beat the mess out of me, and I just can't see myself doing that to my child. <laughs> well, no, no prayer meetings. Didn't have to be delivered from their childhood. God told me to do it, and I'm going to do it. It's just that simple. Does everybody understand? It didn't take the Holy Spirit to whoop a child. It didn't take the Holy Spirit to make 5,000 grown men sit down. Not just sit down, but in companies of 50. Y'all count out the 50 and sit down. It didn't take the Holy Spirit to do that. Does everybody understand? So we have to have an attitude of being done living unto self. I'm going to just do what flesh is comfortable doing. How many of you ever went on a diet? Usually diets mean abstaining from something, certain types of food. Low-carb diet, you know, where you don't eat carbohydrates, you know, you're cutting down on your sugar. You know, I'm not going to eat all that ice cream. No artificial food, cookies and potato chips. Y'all do know most of that's artificial. That's not real food. Y'all do know that, don't you? Y'all know they're not growing cookies in the garden somewhere? <laughs> it's not growing on trees. And that's the way you have to look at the devil's menu. I don't care how good it tastes, it didn't come from the garden of God. It's artificial. And when it's all said and done, it don't do your, it don't do your flesh any good. All it's going to do is add weight to you. Everybody understand? Your body can't even digest it the way it's supposed to be digested. That's the reason why it stays in your body. So how many of us have gone on a diet? And now, here's the thing about diets. We think, well, you know, we go for a week, praise God. Now, this ain't nothing but the Holy Spirit that allowed me to avoid potatoes and biscuits. <laughs> Nobody but you, Lord. <laughs> But you know what happens after a week, if not just the first few days? We get to thinking, I've done good. I said, now the Lord don't want us to waste food now. And I still got that ice cream in the refrigerator that I told the children not to touch. I'ma just eat one scoop. Now that ain't gonna kill me. Yeah. And even in a the diet, they say just reward yourself every now and then. 
Just one scoop. That's all I got left in that little ice cream container anyway. Just one, I'm gonna just take one, just one scoop. I'm gonna eat that and that's just, you know, that's gonna satisfy me and then I'll, I'll just continue on with this diet. Did that work? I'm gonna take that one scoop, what's gonna happen? Man, I forgot how good this tasted. What's gonna happen next time you're at the store? No, what's gonna happen is you're gonna make a special trip. Does everybody understand? In other words, what happens when you decide to take one scoop? The diet is over. I don't care how you try to fake it from that point on. If you disobey the laws of the diet, the diet is over. And you know what happens after that? You get worse than what you were before. Because now I got to buy a gallon of this ice cream to make up for what I wasn't eating the last week. When an unclean spirit is gone out of a man. <laughs> Does everybody understand now? So you see that same attitude is what get us in trouble with the Lord. We think we've done good for a week, two weeks, three weeks. We hear something we don't want to hear. Uh, you know, we feel like we can reward ourselves in our own little slick way. Well, I've been doing good, so I'm, I'm not going to follow that. And I'm telling you, and most of you have experienced, just one little, just this, that Holy Spirit is telling you, don't do that. Keep your mouth shut, please. Don't do that. Do what your husband tells you to do. Do what your pastor preached on this past week. You disobeyed just that one instance. And if you pay attention to floodgates, you've opened up the floodgates. Just one instant, and we're trying to warn us today. That's how we stay delivered, to have a made-up mind to obey. N don't matter how little it is, I'm going to obey. Because one act of disobedience and the diet is over. Now, when you sit at the table, you're going to have all that, that so-called food sitting there. The devil has, has got it right there on your table. And you're not going to have it to resist because when you grieve the Holy Spirit, that voice gets lower and lower to the point where you can't hear him. You're not even being, he's not going to even tell you what to do anymore. To obey. Does everybody understand? So there's two parts to this message. How do we stay delivered? By being filled with the Holy Spirit. How do we become filled with the Holy Spirit? By obeying God's word and having a made up mind even after we receive the Holy Spirit to continue to obey. You don't receive the Holy Spirit when you purposely can disobey and turn the voice of God off. You have to be willing to obey. I don't care how it looks, what, what, what your upbringing was, no matter what all of that was, obey God. Does everybody understand? There is no magic trick to it. Now, I believe that it is meant, as I've said before, I believe that it's meant for people to speak in tongues today. I believe that with all my heart. I don't believe that gift is going anywhere until we all go to heaven. 
But here's the problem with folks that believe that speaking in tongues is the sign that you actually have the Holy Ghost, that he dwells on the inside of you. Don't you know that Saul was prophesied after God had rejected him? The Spirit of God came on him to prophesy, but not to live on the inside of him. There's a big difference. Does everybody understand? And that's something for us to think about. That is why the devil's got that doctrine out there that you don't have the Holy Ghost if you haven't spoken in tongues. That's why that's, that's why that's one of the biggest lies perpetrated on this generation today. You can speak in tongues, you can prophesy, and still not have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you. The gifts and callings of God are without repentance. You don't have to repent to, to speak in tongues. But you have to repent for that Holy Spirit to come live on the inside of you. You see the difference there? God will use who he want to use at any given moment just, just because. But listen, just because God is using you don't mean he's living on the inside of you. It don't mean you belong to him just because you're being used by him. And so what is our, what is our evidence we read in the 14th chapter of the book of John what the evidence is of our love for God when we obey him. When we keep his commands, that's how God knows that we love him. And that's how we know we love him. Not with just words, but keeping his commands. Everybody understand? So when we're talking about that ice cream, let's think about it this way. One moment of disobedience can lead to a lifetime of regret. Just one moment of disobedience. It, it could set you back. Does everybody understand? One moment of disobedience with the children of Israel, it led to 40 years of misery. One moment of disobedience. They didn't get a second chance. The Lord didn't say, okay, I'm going to give y'all a week to talk about it. Okay, no, y'all need to go into the land. No, they're too big for us. Okay, I'll be back in 40 years. One moment. Now, I'm not saying this to scare us. I'm saying this to let us know just how real it is and how we need to obey. Everybody understand? If heaven ain't good enough to make you live right, hell ought to be bad enough to. <laughs> Does everybody understand? One moment of disobedience. I'm telling you, I've seen that in play out in people's lives. Uh, they'll come here, they testify, but praise God, I'm doing good. And then all of a sudden they fall into this something. What did you do? Well, I just this one time I was told to do something. I didn't do it. I, you know, my husband told me to do this, and I didn't. I just want, just want, just felt like being in my feelings that day. Everybody understand? And then what happened after that? It just got worse and worse. So you see how it's important. Why it's important for us to obey? And listen, I mean real obey. Not. Obey with an attitude. Well, you said to do this, so I'm going to do it. 
Everybody understand? So here's the key. You may say, well, Brother Bowden, what in the world? Now, how am I supposed to receive the Holy Spirit when I got all this ice cream at the house? So what's the answer for that? The Bible tells us to make no place, give no place to the devil. If you made a vow before God, I'm not going to eat any more ice cream, that means you are not to have it in the house. If you made a vow to God, Lord, I'm going to follow you with my whole heart, that means you don't have access to the stuff that's going to pull you away. Does everybody understand? If you know what the diet of God calls for, then you don't have the devil's recipes in there. Does everybody understand? Let's see, God knows when we're sold out. Yeah, he knows when we're sold out. He knows when it's, when it's real and when it's not, you see. So God wants us to be filled with the Holy Spirit. But to be filled with that Holy Spirit, we have to be obedient. Does everybody understand that? The Bible tells us that every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust. The only way I'm tempted with ice cream is if I see it sitting in my refrigerator. And I'm telling you, listen, God knows that when we first come out of sin, we may still have a taste for it. But how many of you know you can go so long without eating ice cream, you no longer have a taste for it? You forgot what it tasted like. And some of you know this, there are some things that you haven't eaten in a while and that was real tasty to you at one point, but when you eat it, when you tried to eat it a year later, it almost made you throw up. It was disgusting to you and you couldn't figure out, well, why in the world did I eat this stuff to begin with? Now that's the reason why I make it a point to eat chitterlings at least once a year. God ain't told me to give it up, and I'm going to make sure I keep the taste for it. <laughs> Does everybody, no, I'm not going to let y'all talk me out of what it smells like when it's cooking. I ain't trying to hear all of that, none of that. Everybody understand? I eat by faith. <laughs> but when we made a vow for God before God, Lord, I'm not going to sin anymore. You know what sin is? The unbelief, disobeying God. It's that simple. If the Lord told them, make these men sit down in companies of 50, and they said, well, you know, 50 is two. That's, that's a big number. Okay, y'all sit down by numbers of 10. They'd have been disobedient. You can't halfway disobey God and obey him at the same time. Does everybody understand? All right, let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for this word that you've spoke to us today. And God, we pray that you have tucked it into our hearts, Lord, and help us to be obedient to you. Help us, Lord, not to have compromise. And not to have deal breakers, Lord. Help us, Lord, to turn over every, every area of our lives to you. So that we can be vessels of honor, Lord, fit for your use. Help us not to be deceived. Help us to really, Lord, examine ourselves 
to see the areas that we need to completely turn over to you. Help us, Lord, not to have an anarchist spirit, Lord, but to obey your word. Not only obey it, Lord, but love your word and love the commands that you give us to do. Thank you, Lord, for giving us your Holy Spirit. Help us, Lord, to be very sensitive to him so that we don't grieve him, Lord. Help us to check our attitudes, our mindsets. Help us, Lord, to completely let go of the world. We thank you, Lord, for dying on the cross for us, and we thank you for your salvation. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. All right, if, if that's all now, we'll go ahead and be dismissed to the back and discuss this message briefly. <laughs>